It doesn't matter how good is your dinner if you have it by yourself. If you're standing on the top of the mountain in New Zealand, but you have no one to share that moment with, it doesn't feel as well, as good as if I would have someone like my wife or whoever to, to be there with me. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives where we sit down, often with a special guest, and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. We've got Mark Bakura in the podcast studio today talking with us about destination wedding photography. Of course, we'll get into Mark's backstory and the reasons for him becoming a destination wedding supplier. However, our aim for today's episode is to help guide those of you who have been inspired by some of the amazing films and images captured in some of the world's most beautiful locations. We have another open and honest conversation of the realities of shooting far from home. But if you've ever wondered how best to take steps to shoot in exotic locations, whether you're a filmmaker or a photographer, then this episode is definitely for you. We are, of course, sponsored by With Jack, but I'll get onto that a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, though, hello, Greg, what are we drinking? Hello, we are drinking Girls Who Grind coffee. Shake, uh, shake it. Thank you. <laughs> El Salvador honey processed uh, bean. That's right. And we are drinking flat whites. We're drinking flat uh, whites. Our guest here, Mark, you're not drinking coffee. What's going no. on? I just had a coffee at the petrol station. Oh, that, oh God. <laughs> Do I have to speak in such a cheerful voice? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, why that, we have the coffee. That's yeah, my yeah. radio voice, so don't worry. Okay, uh, but no, you don't. You can be your miserable dull self. Okay, if you want. Okay, and I'm I'm more confident then. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. not you're not dull, Mark. Um, however, you might have water, but we do have shortbread biscuits for you. Are you are you are you a snacker? I'm on a diet. You're on a you're on a diet. <laughs> well, I'll put these out of your arm reach, but they're there if you want them. And in this shoebox is Susie's Asian sweeties. Can, I think I'm going to come back to do more episodes <laughs> <laughs> the way I'm treated here. <laughs> they were brought all the way from Japan. Oh, wow. They, they oh, were. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, green tea, Kit Kats, and all sorts of crazy things in I'll there. I'll try after the after we do it, just in case I don't like it. I'll have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're lovely. And, I mean, we're doing Susie a favour by eating them. Because okay, because she doesn't like them. Oh, she loves them. <laughs> and I think that's the problem. Uh but yeah, how's your how's your your week your weekend? Really good. Uh, what day is it today? It's Thursday. <laughs> First, oh, I thought no, it's no, no. When you well, listen to this, the week's listeners. been good because I just came back from holidays. Although I had a really bumpy ride, like the most bumpy ride, like flight I ever had. So that was a bit the downside because I had my daughter on my lap. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She was screaming for the whole four-hour flight. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it was good. The season's over. I've delivered all the weddings Fantastic. I can relax yeah. mm-hmm. you managed to get a family holiday that's that's good yeah that's that the second family holiday in, within a within a month oh my yeah. goodness that's what happens when my wife's got access to booking.com or something <laughs> <laughs> so, where, so where'd you end up going this time uh, we've been in Mexico uh, about five weeks ago six weeks ago and we just came back from Gran Canaria nice yeah it was good good holidays uh, it was the first holiday that my daughter was actually able to walk because she's 14 mm. months 
So I felt like I spent about I've done about twenty miles chasing her around the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a holiday. So she kids. had she definitely had good holidays. <laughs> we had I don't know different holidays that we used to, but yeah. it, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, holidays with with kids is not a holiday. I always come back feeling like I need another holiday. Just me and my wife. Yeah, a lot of our friends they said that, but it was actually it was I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> good, good, and of course it's uh. uh Five days of Christmas, as of recording, is it five? It's, it's very close. It's very close to how five many days. <laughs> Maybe yeah, a couple of days. But I, I don't know if my wife's going to hear it, but I have to buy her a gift still. So. <laughs> you have to buy her a gift. <laughs> now I feel under the pressure even more. Well, that, this episode will be coming out in January. Okay, so you don't have to worry. Okay, that's right. <laughs> so well done, you bought your wife a beautiful present. We'll you're perspiring you're nervous I can <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it's a very not... nervous time of the year man my wife is Polish they demand in, you know, oh, in really? terms of presents they... yeah. oh, right. okay okay yeah and you, you kid wise you okay I mean obviously 14 months doing the Santa thing probably not I'm my only I just need to buy one gift for my wife she buys all the other gifts I am the same and I feel guilty I don't it's the best you don't way to do it. <laughs> it's, it's I feel like it's not my fault I mean, it's partly my fault because I'm semi-useless. But she take, she sees that I'm useless and we play to our <laughs> strengths. So she organizes everything Christmassy. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, I'm not from here. So it's not like we have a lot of people to buy the gifts to because we just have, like, you know, mm-hmm. my staff and my sister who lives here. Mm-hmm. She's away to Poland for for Christmas and my wife's sister. So we're going to have, like, small, I don't know, Christmas Eve because I'm Polish as well. Christmas mm-hmm. Eve is the most important Right. Day of Christmas for us, and it's right. just going to be five of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how and my week's been horrible. Yeah, we've, uh, we've had a tough week with technology. Okay. We've been trying to export a couple's wedding film for close to a week now. Yeah, but the iMac that we use to export that has all the plugins that we need, it just keeps saying that it's run out of RAM. Okay, when we get like three hours into the export. Yeah. And I've so, deleted the cache, I've I've reinstalled it, I've done all the, you know... A lot of troubleshooting. Oh, oh my goodness. I So yeah, I'm... yeah. Which at bit, this time of year, it's like, I just want to deliver yeah, before, as many yeah. films as we can to our couples. I know, yeah. I really want to get out for Christmas. So this one's like, been ready for ages, and it's like, <laughs> come on! But is it just that one film you cannot export all the other ones? Well, huh? So usually, I ex- when I've done a film, I export it, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to save them all up, and you can put them in a queue... And mm-hmm. it just works through them. So I thought that one night it would just do do them all. So no, I have all four films to export. And yeah. I'm now having to do them one at a time. And I've done the trailer. That's great. I'm not sure whether it's just this project or whether the next one will, be will the have same. the same issues. Yeah. Oh, but no. hopefully we'll have fixed the problem by the time we get yeah. to it. So it's like, is it the exporting requires, uh, I don't know, a lot of RAM or like strong, like powerful computer? I, have, I don't know anything about it. I was looking at the activity monitor, like opened that up in the Mac and then I clicked export and you can see the CPU and the RAM usage and it just went skyrocketing okay. up past like 20 gigabytes and I was like, that can't be normal. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be as much as that. It should be a lot, but not as much as that. Have you tried adding more RAM to your computer or is, it Mac- is your computer maxed up? It's pretty RAM sufficient, my Mac. I mean... It's it's a it's, it's a maxed beast. Out, though. I can't remember mm. if that version maxed out at thirty two or if there's room to go up to sixty four. Mm, that's true. 
but it's at 32 gig of well, RAM in there, so yeah, it, it should, should, it should, it should be, be enough. Yeah, should be plenty. Um, yeah, we'll get that fixed. Anyway, anyway, enough talking about technology, technology <laughs> rubbish. We were at a cool workshop, Mark. Were you? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> It was great as well. I really enjoyed it. I can't <laughs> wait to do more, actually. I can't wait to go to, to Iceland. It was mm-hmm. a yeah. really nice couple of days. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was good um, fun. So for the listeners, Mark and Nordica did a workshop in Iceland called Rody. Yeah, it just Rody? Rody Workshop, yeah. Rody Workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went along, attended, mm-hmm. got some film footage, we'll edit a promo video for it. When it was, we don't have technical issues. A good, <laughs> a good couple of days driving around, mainly the northwest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I was just following call, <laughs> <laughs> and we were. Following <laughs> I had a, I had a rough idea where we where we are. Yeah, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed it because, like, I've been in Iceland a couple of times before. So apart from the workshop and everything, what I enjoyed that we've been to places uh, you can confirm that there were hardly any other people. Because usually when you yeah. go to Iceland, you're surrounded by tourists, uh, which is not a bad thing. But if you want to shoot the couple or elopement or anything uh it's not it doesn't make the job easy mm. but i think because we we went to places that are not so popular yeah. but still still i would say really beautiful mm-hmm. uh, i enjoyed that there was no one around apart yeah. from us yeah, yeah that was amazing like it, the first morning when we went to we ended up going to the first spot and it was like a good two hours that we spent because you could just turn around and shoot anywhere yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. true spent a good two hours and then maybe one or two people started turning up and it was like only just now there's tourists arriving. Yeah, so, wow. Actually, I just booked a wedding in March in Iceland, and the original plan the couple wanted to go to the golden golden circle, so the most popular places. Mm-hmm. But I managed to talk them into going into going to the area where we yeah. we've been to because you know it was so beautiful and so much easier as well. You don't have to. It might be even more dif- difficult for you with the film because you cannot clone out someone in a, I don't know, red jacket in the yeah. background. For me, <laughs> I, I can do it, but it's still, I, I remember shooting an elopement on Sky and I had to remove people from about 100 photos. Mm. So, and, and I think it's also with places like that, you know, obviously, like if someone looks at my website or any other photographer's website, I've done an elopement on Sky, they might get the idea of intimate elopement with no one around because mm. they can't see anyone around but yeah, the reality yeah. is different there will always be people there uh, so yeah so that's why I'm, I'm happy we're going to, the, to that mm. location yeah. yeah so what Mark basically just admitted that uh, photographs lie to you but film's real folks film's real <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. <laughs> that's going to be edited out obviously uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, it is a, it is a bit like that you know unless you do it like really early or I don't know or, or just if, I don't know if you go to Black Beach the, one of the most popular spots you have to walk out I don't know half yeah. a mile or something mm-hmm. like that to be to be alone yeah yeah. So what what's the feedback been from you did the the roadie workshop a couple of times yeah was, yeah. It, was it just twice we've done it twice right, yeah okay. but we're definitely doing more I think in March uh, mm. we might do one in Lofoten in Norway oh, uh, because oh, nice. uh, we both me and the Nordica guys we've been there before and mm-hmm. It's an amazing location as well. So the feedbacks, you know, obviously um, yes, but we did uh, we did the questionnaire and everyone was really happy. I, I think we've been obviously lucky with the weather, which helps. Mm-hmm. But also, like most of attendees, they never been to Iceland before. So it, apart even from the photography, photography uh, aspect, we, it was like a really nice tour, I would say. Yeah. You know, because we had a kind of like a local tour guide which was cool <laughs> and he took us to the places that you know most of people wouldn't go to yeah. because yeah. you know mm-hmm. you just don't know they exist 
Yeah, so I think the feedback's been good, yeah. Yeah, and it was a good group of people that we were there with. Like, everybody mm. got on well and... Yeah, yeah. Just a good bunch of people. Yeah, it was actually got. amazing. I can't actually remember. I think it was the... F- the first workshop you've been at like some like there was someone from australia there were people from the states from canada which is like yeah yeah mind-blowing like people came from all over the world yeah yeah Yeah, and like it was quite funny that the the attendee from australia i think his visa for europe ran out the day after the workshop and i met (laughs) him in the airport in the morning and he was just about to miss his flight he just like ran past me he says i'm going to miss my flight but i'm not yeah. allowed to be here anymore <laughs> i need to leave iceland today wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah um i'm pretty sure we were out i'm pretty sure he was out pretty late the night before so yeah that kind of oh yeah he was yeah so he was the first one he was joy yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were pretty sensible I went back to the hotel at 11 o'clock <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Although I lost my debit card at the petrol station, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, did you leave it in the machine or something? I don't know. It was oh. when I was sort of filling the car in the morning. The weather was absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really cool workshop. A small group of people. I think that was also a huge plus. You weren't having to fight with tons of people. I mean, they were still. Yeah. You know, there's still a little bit of you know. Yeah, of get course. Shot, but yeah. That's this going to be. That's just the the pitfalls. Yeah, of the workshop. I think like as I don't know, videographers or photographers, we sometimes get so overexcited when we see a nice location, we forget that <laughs> it's someone else's turn to to take a photo. <laughs> I think um, so. Yeah, but I think in general it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen like like most of most of attendees they send us the photos and they like really really good. Oh, some of them yeah. are spectacular, and I've never seen a group of people being so excited for a rainbow. Never in my life. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like life. I was laughing to, like I was talking to Cole about it. So we were like children, like yeah, running yeah. across the road and chasing the rainbow, like five years old. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, it was great. And then, but that photo, like the photo I took there, is like one of my favorite photos from this year. Yeah, because yeah. it's the colors and everything were amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that was the one you've been at when we were driving through the river. A few times. No. Oh, I saw, <laughs> no. the, I saw I was, the pictures of that and I was like, damn, I would have, I would love to film that. Get yeah, it was, oh. it was like, as, as I said to my wife, I said, this is not a workshop. It's just an excuse for me and Cole <laughs> to go to Iceland and drive four by fours yeah. through the paddles. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> oh. Actually, we got some pretty good drone, I drone shots. The, car well. the story of our rental car. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mark had suggested to me to book a four by four. Yes, we'll be going off road. Mm. Like, 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 okay. like a big four by four. So I'll, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Went on. I think it was like Suzuki Grand Vitara or something I wanted, or or similar. They say on the rental cars, <laughs> and then turned up and it was a Suzuki S Cross or something, yeah. which is like a step or two down from the Grand Vitara. <laughs> I was like, this is not equivalent. Yeah. And then obviously started driving up the mountain on the F road, which we are not insured for. We're not yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like. <laughs> We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to stop, guys. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't. We didn't manage to go any. any you know. Yeah, you I think we just went like further. about yeah. a mile or something. Yeah. yeah. It did, what, what stopped you? Was it just there was snow just or? there was like more and more snow, mm-hmm. which would probably if it was just be myself or like Cole, we would probably go, but. You know, with a group of people in the car. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to spend, like, the rest of the day digging the car out <laughs> from the snow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Plus, these cars, like, they didn't have winter tires, really, so, you know. Yeah. yeah true. But yeah, that was fun, driving around 
in a not quite adequate car. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with, with all of the luggage <laughs> from all the people who attended the workshop. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, for me, <laughs> what really kind of what really showed what patent is and what the spirit was like when we got to the hotel on the first night it was about midnight. Yeah, and then I think someone suggested to go and shoot the Northern Lights. Yeah, and everyone, like although everyone was really tired, everyone still went out and went to shoot yeah. for mm-hmm. another hour or something. That's yeah. something that I'll never forget. Like yeah. I've always wanted to see the Northern Lights. Yeah, the yeah. naked eye. Yeah, and I think that's why everybody was up for it. They were like, <laughs> right. Don't know if we'll get this chance again. Let's just go and do it. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. knackered, yeah. but let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's brilliant. And just to see it dancing, yeah. that was yeah. quite something. Like, yeah, like you mid middle of no. I think we were shooting with this like empty house as a yeah. you know yeah, an abandoned house. Yeah, yeah that's, cool. that's like a surreal experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's tough to shoot the non lights in video though. We ended up. It's tough. To, it's tough to shoot it in photographs, well, as true. I, you know, yeah. like lots of people struggled. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't have a tripod, which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think I'm. I got like a really small tripod from someone. So it was like I was trying not to get the grass in yeah. the photo because yeah. it was so low, but I still managed to get something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah they were like intense to two days. Oh, super uh, intense. Yeah, yeah, but I think everyone enjoyed it. So a few yeah. people stayed longer, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely can't wait to do to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did get lucky with the weather, which was good. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, it was cold, obviously, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah that... F- pl- the f- on the first night, that place up in the... On the glacier. Oh, my Next God. to the lake. I that was... Uh, like, who are the models' names again? Uh, Flora and Nathan. Nathan, yeah. 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 I thought they were going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were hardcore, man. Yes, they were hardcore. Aw- they were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. coming from, I don't know, Brazil to a weather like that. Uh, you know yeah ooh. all he had on was like a shirt and a leather jacket yeah i'm like damn i wouldn't even wear that back home in this <laughs> okay yeah but uh, they got some amazing pictures yes so yeah they were really lucky and uh it was funny we were listening to the audio just uh to prepare for today and you can hear you've obviously said the first point of your your talk to everyone because uh, obviously it wasn't just us out in the wilderness we did stop and have like a you know Kind of a talk aspect yeah. to it, uh, and they come in. They come in after your first talk. And you're like, "Ah, oh, guys, you just missed the 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 golden nugget, the thing that's gonna make you the most successful. You've just missed it." And they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I liked your banter. It was good. Widen them up. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, if you do announce more, I would highly recommend people check it out because it was Thank an you. awesome trip. And loads of stuff to be learned from you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. I think, like, obviously. It's our workshop, so I, I can only say it's good. But as I said, even apart from the photography, it's a good way to see Iceland because you're yeah. in a car with someone who really knows where, where we're going and knows like hidden gems. If you, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let's go on to how you became the legend. <laughs> wedding <laughs> destination <laughs> photographer that no, is Mark Bakura no I'm definitely not a legend uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you start in, yeah. in, in photography I'm not a, even weddings just right from the beginning I, I bought the first camera because I like motorsports I was like if my mom and dad would be a, would be millionaires I would definitely be a rally driver uh, so I loved motorsports and uh, I always wanted to kind of capture them in a way so I went and bought uh 
Minolta 505, I think it was, with two zoom uh, zoom lenses. I had no idea how it worked. I didn't know why sometimes like something's in focus, something's not. Mm-hmm. I was using that camera maybe for five years. Uh, everything was in auto. Uh, but like then I bought my wife, I think bought me a digital camera as a gift mm-hmm. and I left it. I, I used to do hill walking. So I went uh, to, I think it was Cairngorms and I left it there. I was changing my boots and I put the camera on the fence. <laughs> and then I, w- I remember exactly when I got home, just when I was about to open the door for my car, I realized my camera is still there. <laughs> so I drove back because it was a very kind of random like i just like middle of nowhere i thought it might still be there but it wasn't there no but then i had another digital camera and then when we uh, me and my wife we decided to we're going to get married i kind of looked at uh, different photographers and i thought mm, without like i'm i might not sound nice but i thought some of them are actually not that good <laughs> so if they get booked I, i'm sure I sh- i'm quite sure i have a chance as well mm-hmm. So I built like a website with like personal photos and that kind of stuff. And then uh, mm-hmm. and I put the ad on Gumtree thinking someone's going to book me for a wedding next year or something like that. And yeah. a couple booked me for a wedding next week because the photographer canceled. So I was pretty stressed. Like I knew I can probably take a photo, but I'd, uh, being from Poland, I've never been at the wedding in UK. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what's going to happen next. So I just, I wouldn't leave the bride. I just followed the bride. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't miss anything. And that's how it started. I enjoyed it. And it kind of, uh, for me, uh, like uh, the turning point was when I went to S- uh, Stockholm and I did the workshop with Nordica guys mm-hmm. and Fer Huaristi. They were like, you know, for me at that time, it kind of felt like I'm playing football with Ronaldo if yeah. you like yeah. you know they were like well, I remember googling the best wedding photographers in the world and f- every everywhere you look like Fer Huaristi was yeah. there he's you definitely know. a legend <laughs> and then you know and like through that we became friends and but you know that was a turning point I can't, that kind of made me realize that's so much more to it than what you can kind of learn from your next door neighbor mm-hmm. in a way yeah yeah so like if anyone who's fairly new in the business and they listen to it, I, I really suggest like going to a good workshop. Not just, I, I probably, it's not even about taking photos because you. I don't think you can actually teach someone how to take good photos. You kind of you kind of have to feel it in mm-hmm. a way. But to someone who gives you like, who will give you like a good business advice, I think that's more, more important. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree. That was one thing that... <coughs> we learned quite quickly was like we didn't really know how to run a business when we started and that's probably the the thing that helped the most yeah so um yeah yeah because like when i went to that workshop like i don't shoot like fair or i don't shoot like colin jacob but like but i run the business the same way they do yeah you know because the basics of running the business are the same for everyone Mm. doesn't matter what's your style you know, so like I don't shoot in the cities, so I don't do like experimental photos like Fair does. But the way you know, answer emails or something like that, it's probably the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is very important, especially now when the market is so oversaturated. Yeah, do you think it's important to have your own style? Then is that? Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, like that's another thing. Like I tell people, like try to maybe not to look at too many good photographers because mm-hmm. everyone's got different style. I think it's more important to follow your own path uh, because if someone, I think in a way, if someone goes to I Love Sky and, you know, they will place a couple of one of these epic f- 
locations, it doesn't matter what kind of editing you do, you will always look good. Mm. So, you know, so I think for me, it's, I remember what they said, it's not that difficult to take a good photo on the mountain in like Isle of Skye or New Zealand yeah. or anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's more difficult to get the couple to pay you f- to go there, you know, to yeah. trust you to travel somewhere and to take their photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, you're you're sort of known for destination weddings. That's sort of what you specialize in. So was that something that once you sort of realized, I'm not going to look at the local market, did you set a goal of, I want to be no- like more of a destination photographer? I think it's more like, mm, I kind of think, uh, I don't know, like it wasn't like a decision I made. I think it just kind of happened yeah. more. <coughs> I think it happened also because I went to like Per and Jakob workshop and Colin Jakob workshop and I made this like international connection. So when people started to recommend me for weddings abroad, that kind of happened by itself. But also at some point I, I thought I'm going to get bored if I only shoot local weddings. Yeah. So I have yeah. to travel a little bit just to just to stay inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like we in a job when we really need to. It's, it's fair to our clients when, when we're still inspired. If I go to a wedding and I've been there like 10 times and it doesn't, you know, I'm I'm not excited to be there anymore. It's not fair with people who pay me for for shooting their wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. And I mean, we that that's one thing that we're like people used to ask us. You know, have you shot at this wedding? Can we see a wedding film from this venue? And I'm like, we we don't like going to the same venue for that very reason. Yeah. You know, we feel kind of like creatively uninspired when we get there. Try to look for different angles, but you know, you've got they've seen that film, so they're probably going to want yeah. that film. So it becomes very cookie-cutter in the way you have to approach it. You can, you can yeah. understand couples, in a way, <laughs> wanting to see photos or a video from their venue. Yeah. Because then they know oh, they know how to work here. But, and also because it's, they've not done, they've not been married before, so they don't yeah. know. They think we need to see some. But yeah, as photographers and filmmakers, you're like, I don't want to do the same place again. Like, yeah. I want to keep pushing myself and, approach a new venue with a fresh eye and be like oh wow yeah, look at this angle I can get I always say that in a way I want to know less as little as possible because it yeah. keeps me on my toes when yeah. I'm mm-hmm. when I'm shooting and I never like I very very rarely go and see the venue before I've done it maybe twice mm. and, you know because there's so many different aspects the weather will be different the light will be different and if you go there and you already have a photo photo I don't know or like video frame in mind and it doesn't happen it can, mm. can put you off yeah. but if you yeah, go there sure. with like a blank page and you just have to work something on the spot i think it's i don't know at least for me it's better so obviously you you, you mentioned your connections abroad mm-hmm. what, what other steps did you take to ensure you got bookings in destinations well i think going to events like I, I, i've been for example like way up north that's mm-hmm. like an event that people come from all over the world i've been to most of them uh so now when i go there i kind of i know probably 50% of people so it's mm. it's not even I go there for presentations I go to meet the friends and have a beer with them yeah uh, so something like that but also I think you know it also helps that we're quite lucky we, we're based in one of the most popular destination yeah. locations in the world so mm. like I think you know, in networking or in uh, you know connections or recommendations it needs to be like a two-way street mm-hmm. so if someone recommends me for a wedding I'll try my best to return the favor and yeah. because we live in a very popular destination, it's easier for us, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me tell you, so like being a video, like I have that frame of mind as well. I would love to be able to just recommend a photographer, <coughs> but the the amount of opportunity that we get to do so because we're video is so small, it's kind of heartbreaking. 
that we yeah. can't return the favor. But so it, it does happen every so often. It does. But all right, Growly, calm down. <laughs> <You'll have laughs> You're right there. But when it does, like when people do like book us as the first thing, and sort of video is not more important, but it's, mm-hmm. they've booked it. It's like yes, we get a chance to recommend photographers, and then it's like man, we've got so many we want to recommend. Yeah, yeah, I know. We want to return the favor. It's like damn, because you don't want to send a list of. 10 names yeah yeah of course but i think it's not just about like i need to like let's say if i recommend you I ex- i'm expecting something back mm-hmm. as long as we open about it and i yeah. don't feel it's just like a one-way street you yeah. know because mm-hmm. uh, let's say if i recommend someone who's fairly new to the business but i like their worth ethic and you know i try to help them i'm not expecting anything back mm-hmm. yeah uh, but also i think in general recommending good people it's like helping the industry and the better the industry looks, it's better for everyone. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the mentality with all these workshops. Yeah. Because some people might look at all these workshops and go, well, why are you educating your competition, Yeah, essentially? But uh, a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah, I've, yeah, I love, I love that saying. But yeah. uh, I think with workshops, i probably say there are too many workshops just now. But like, if you, if you yeah, choose... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's all like I think like if you if you choose a good, if you're going to choose a good workshop mm. that someone is sending like a valuable less like valuable message and mm. they will give you a good good tools it helps yeah but I don't know I've done I've been to a few I've done quite a few and for me they like amazing mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah, I love a good workshop yeah the so, only the only one we've really attended uh, for love's sake which is. <coughs> aimed at videographers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's usually hosted in Rotterdam or Barcelona and mm-hmm. as you say it's the community like we made so many friends at that first workshop that they did yeah that some of them came along the next time same as us mainly just to network with more people yeah. again and sort of if we learn anything it's a big bonus but I wasn't going to be like I really want to learn this from someone yeah mm-hmm. I was going because I was like I just want to network with these guys and socialize again yeah yeah I, I think like maybe it's slightly different for you because you're like you work in a team uh but i'm up hour by myself and i'm mm. stuck in the office most of the time yeah. so it's also like a good way to to meet people that have the same passion and just have a good time with them mm-hmm. and quite often this workshops conferences are held in like really nice places like the next way up north is in can yeah so you know I don't think anyone needs much convincing. My wife is not a photographer, but when I told her way up north is in Cannes, she's like, she's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So was your first destination wedding, was that like a recommendation? Or like, what, how, like how did you, think how, back how did you get your first one? Can you remember I, was, uh, I don't know if I should say that because then everyone will start to do it. <laughs> no, like I, I really hustled hard to get like destination weddings. I was trying to kind of every every way to 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 book that first wedding well i can't remember which was which one was the first one but one of the first one was quite easy basically someone contacted me about the uh, engagement session in, in scotland and asked them where are you getting married and they said we're getting married just outside rome I said, well yeah. i can do your wedding as well sure. like i think if you're outside the wedding bubble like it's still kind of maybe it's different slightly different now but like five years ago it was most of people didn't realize the photographer from Scotland would go to Italy to shoot a wedding, you know, because yeah. in a way, if you think about it, it's, I don't know, I still, it still kind of like blows my mind. Uh, and the other one was basically, I went on TripAdvisor and I contacted, 
I was just following like every conversation that would speak about wedding somewhere, like Italy or uh, or whatever. And <laughs> I got in touch with, and I would just send like private messages to every everyone who was asking questions about photographers in that location. And I messaged someone who was getting married in Sorrento. He was actually the mother of the bride. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, by the way, I'm a photographer and I'll come to Sorrento to shoot the daughter's wedding. And I went there, I shot that wedding, and uh, the, the bride turned out to be a Sky TV presenter. Uh, I blocked that wedding, it went pretty popular, and I came back to Sorrento about 15 times because mm-hmm. of that one wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have trouble blogging that one? Yeah, originally they said I cannot blog her yeah. because she was from TV. <coughs> Excuse me. But what I did, I, I built a blog, I, you know, I blogged it as private mm-hmm. page on my website, and I sent it to them, and I said, well... I think your wedding was amazing and it would it really help my business and it would really mean a lot to me if you would actually change your mind and let me blogger and mm-hmm. they they said yes and yeah. yeah yeah I think the even the venue the owners of the venue they always said that blog post did so much for them that because so many people booked them from the states or without seeing the venue but because of that blog post cool I was just it was basically luck but also I work for that luck because I contacted every person on TripAdvisor, yeah. <laughs> which I don't recommend. I don't think it works anymore because I think they changed the way that the search button works or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But if you want to try, go for it. Yeah. I don't do it anymore. So <laughs> is there anything you learned from shooting those weddings? Like, obviously you've shot loads <coughs> of destination weddings now. Thinking back, is there anything that was a big revelation when you first shot? First yeah, year? like for me... Like, I don't know. I'm just uh, like, even from my personal point of view, I didn't have a passport till I was 23. So if someone would tell me then that I'm going to go to, I don't know, New Zealand or any places like by myself to shoot weddings, I would say it's not going to happen. So that was like a, I don't know, a surprise that I never expected in my life. But I also learned, you know, that it's not all, I don't know, rainbows and butterflies. It comes at the cost. Yeah. So like even like for 2018, I'm actually trying to book slightly less destination weddings because my circumstances changed. I have a daughter now, so I want to spend more time at home. So I would say it's amazing. I really love it and I wouldn't change it for anything else. I'm still going to shoot destination weddings for the next couple of years, but it's not just what you see on Instagram. It comes at a cost. I remember someone said that it doesn't matter how uh, good is your dinner if you have it by yourself it doesn't taste that much <laughs> that, that that well so yeah that's there's a lot of truth so like i've been i think last year or two years ago i've been to some amazing places but if you if you're standing on the top of the mountain in new zealand but you have no one to share that moment with it does it doesn't feel that good so mm. that that's okay I, i'm still happy i'm there obviously and i would love to go again but it it's just it's still not as you know, it doesn't feel as well, as good as if I would have someone like my wife or whoever to, to be there with me. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Uh, I mean, there's... The, so, we, Greg and I have noticed this trend <coughs> uh, that you've described, and it's, you know, uh, photographers who are kind of... or And videographers who, who have kind of made a name for themselves going to, like, Iceland and, like, further afield, and they have, you know, told us that they're, you know, they are changing the way that they run their business essentially because you know you you don't put out blogs with destination stuff on it uh, and they're trying to get back to their local market yeah like, so i'm trying that as well i even i'm even like breaking my rule of not going to the same uh venue too often uh I, I, there's a venue uh 
in uh, Stranra, uh, Dandas, uh, not Dan, uh, Dansky Estate, which I really love because yeah. it's massive. Mm-hmm. You can shoot there yeah. like every day and take different photos. Mm-hmm. So I think I have five weddings there next year. Wow! Because the owners recommend me to every couple, and mm-hmm. but because I know I can do something, you know, different with every couple, but it also means I'm gonna be more at home yeah. because I can mm-hmm. basically sleep in my own bed after shooting that wedding. So I'm trying basically to, you know, I'm more picky with what I'm shooting abroad. Yeah. So at the moment I only have three destination weddings mm-hmm. uh, next year. I think, like in general, when you look at the kind of let's say like bigger names uh, from that have been shooting destination weddings mainly five years ago, now they kind of go back to their local market. Mm. Do you think that's to do with age? That a lot of them are starting to settle down with families. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it might be also with the fact that the the market for destination weddings is so much more saturated. There's a lot of young uh, boys and girls who are happy to go anywhere for the flights which i cannot afford you know i've got let's say family to feed i cannot go to i don't know portugal for free to shoot a wedding Mm. yeah i mean we noticed in the last we did one or two destination weddings every year like we don't do a lot but that sort of even the one or two started to slow down within the last two two three years two years yeah and from what we heard from the wedding planner that sort of gave us a lot of referrals, it was because the industry was changing in Europe mm-hmm. and there was more local videographers who were better quality or they could get other people and not have to pay for our two flights and accommodation yeah. on top of our package price. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that was to do with, yeah, we can get someone at a better price now. Yeah, I think in general, it doesn't matter if it's a destination wedding or local weddings. The market is definitely more saturated than it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely harder than it was. But So that's why I think it's even more important to have a, to not just focus on your photography which is up, or videography, which is obviously really important, but also not to forget but that business part is really important. I think, yeah. to be honest, at the moment, it's, I would say, at, not even 50-50. I think it's like 60-70% is the business and 30% is... It's photography or like yeah. or, or films. Yeah, I think Greg, Greg and I learned that the hard way because like there, there was a year where we just we took our eye off the ball with uh, business. I think we concentrated more on trying to get the films up or trying to book more films, and we didn't blog. And you know, the next year suddenly booking said kind of dried up a little bit. Yeah, and we were just survived. And yeah. then we were like, right, okay, let's go and rebrand and go heavy on both and really understand the numbers and yeah yeah learn from yeah. other people and i've you know obviously it's a lot of it is like due to being a bit lucky but for example even with the workshop in in iceland i posted a couple of photos from that workshop on my instagram and i booked two weddings in iceland yeah. in the last two weeks nice you know and obviously if i wouldn't post these photos you know uh, they would be just on my computer at home no one would see them and these couples wouldn't get in touch with me probably mm-hmm. so i know it's we all busy and uh, but like it really bugs me and i'm probably no for being grumpy about it <laughs> that if someone says oh i'm not booking and uh, you know the next year doesn't look good i have a very little booking so i'm worried my question is always but when was the last time you blocked something or when was the last time you posted something on facebook or instagram mm-hmm. because Quite often people seem to think that dropping the prices is the quickest solution to booking more, but that's like a very short-term strategy, you know. Like, 
hustling a bit harder, doing a bit more for your business, like updating mm-hmm. your website, having like, I don't know, better presence on, on Facebook or Instagram, that mm-hmm. when you have to start. And then if, if it doesn't happen, maybe you should have a look at, well, maybe my work is not up to scratch. Maybe I should change something with that. Mm. So it's. I think in general it's definitely harder, but uh, but you know just by sitting there and complaining, nothing's going to happen. Oh, totally. So so since you're kind of booking less destination weddings, you, and you just said you you know you're going back to the same venue a few times before when you viewed going back to the same venue with like a negative slant to it, you didn't want to do it. Has that kind of changed? Because now you're you appreciate the time that you'll gain with your family because of these? Yeah. Like? Especially after this season, I think I've done about 80 flights this season. <laughs> and I like every, I don't know, in October or November, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going anywhere. And then something else comes up and something else comes up. Mm-hmm. But also like, I had a really, really good relationship with the owners of that venue. They yeah. were, you know, and because I, if you'll be, in general, I don't shoot in the cities. But let's say if it would like a, if that would be a venue with a I don't know small park around it, then probably I wouldn't go back again, or at least for uh, I don't know a couple of months or mm-hmm. like a year. But because that venue is like I can shoot a wedding in a completely different way, like I mean like portrait wise, obviously you know I yeah. can oh, take yeah, different yeah, yeah. portraits because I don't know, I think it's like twenty thousand acres or something like this. Wow. So that's why I know uh, it won't be a problem that I'll still I'll still feel like excited to go there. So has obviously with making the steps to go back to your local market, has the way that you approach social media different? Well, like the way you in, blog is that I, I, in general, what I did actually, I raised my prices for international weddings, and that kind of like helps with with what you book yeah. and uh, like with the I don't know the ratio, and uh, but also yeah, I'm trying to blog more Scottish stuff and. Uh, my plan for the winter is hello wife i'm warning i'm buying a drone <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I'm, I'm i'm gonna shoot more like landscape stuff for myself uh, but cool. just basically to show more scotland yeah yeah cool. because my work uh, like i don't i don't do any city weddings as i just said a few minutes ago so like my the style of my work is a lot to do with nature so i think landscape photography even if it's not nothing to do with weddings kind of resonates with what I normally do anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's how I started to book like elopements because I did uh, a project 365 days of Scotland. I was just posting a photo from Scotland every day. I never finished that project, but it kind of helped me to book to book the couples yeah, who are yeah. who like countryside as well. Mm-hmm. I want to get a new drone as well. <laughs> I've got a Phantom we will get one. <laughs> we will I've get got one. a Phantom 4 that I bought two years ago and I used it three times yeah. it's the most expensive <laughs> wall art in our house because <laughs> it's hanging on the, on the wall in my office yeah <laughs> With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives whether you provide a service like design development or photography or offer advice to clients With Jack is for you It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so with Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms are faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative-friendly insurance. 
Be a confident creative. What do you take when you travel? I, I travel light. I always bring uh, two cameras with me and I have three or four lenses and one speed light. Uh, so, and this is pretty much what I take with me to the weddings uh, in Scotland. I always have like another bag with extra body or extra few lenses that I never use anyway, yeah. but because it, you know, I'm not, it's just sitting in the car. Uh, but, you know, two cameras, I think, and usually three lenses, but I normally use two lenses anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you mainly shoot on 35 and 85 and that's it. Let's talk then about the realities of destination shooting. So yeah, let, let, let's talk about this illusion of grandeur, I think, that people have for wedding destinations, right? Well, at the end of the day, a destination wedding is just a wedding in another country. So, it, at, you know, if someone thinks that, you know, uh, a wedding in Italy is going to be better than it, a wedding in Scotland, it's it's just a different building, I don't know, different food or something like this. And I think quite often it might, you might end up being disa- feeling disappointed because mm-hmm. you just go there and not every wedding in Tuscany uh, involves, you know, a planner with £10,000 flower budget. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get weddings like that. Mm. So, yeah, I think <clears throat> if someone kind of wants to start traveling more and shoot weddings abroad that's what they have to remember about that at the end of the day it's just a wedding in another country mm-hmm. it's not going to it's not about the country it's about the people but if you go in there with high expectations you might be you might be disappointed because you know i've done i don't know 200 weddings probably more but i've never done a wedding that you know from every aspect i could say it was perfect you know because either the weather wasn't the best or the light or i don't know we didn't have enough time for the portraits so there's always something that goes wrong mm-hmm. uh which is actually what's good about it but you know but i know if i go to another country you you probably won't be the way i imagine it but if you go there with a frame of mind it's not about you it's about who's getting married there Yes, and the most important thing at the end of the day is that they happy with what you produce. Uh, you know, it helps. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, I would also say that <clears throat> if you're struggling on your local market and you feel like your work is not good, using uh, an excuse that it's easier in Italy or it's easier, I don't know, in Spain, it's not. It's you definitely know? not. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole different bunch of problems. Like they might yeah. have guaranteed dry day but yeah you've got to deal with the really harsh sun yeah exactly the, like people in spain or italy are envious of us with our grand castles yes that shoot at. yes so, yeah yeah especially like if someone from like I, I, I presume like most of your audience is from scotland so if you can't really take good photos in scotland which is by probably the most photogenic country that i've been to maybe like new zealand is the same or iceland if you can't really do anything that's really let's you know you're happy with here you're not going to go to italy and you know to let's say i go to quite often to sorrento which is like a beautiful city but it's very difficult to photograph there because there are people everywhere you don't have like open sp- i don't know pan you can't can't take any panoramic epic photos or anything like that mm-hmm. so yeah so i think the key is like try i would advise everyone to like at least try to really I don't know, rock the local market first before you start to think about traveling abroad. It, it may be like, I didn't do it. I started to travel quite often, but it was, the market five years ago was completely yeah. different to what yeah, it is 100%. now. And, uh, you know, and also if someone thinks that, I think, 
I don't know. In a way, I think like if you someone wants to do destination weddings, you even you either have to go all in or don't do it at all. Mm. Because if someone thinks that they will go to Italy and they will have an Italian wedding in their portfolio, that's nothing special these days. Like everyone's got one. Yeah. So you know, so no one's going to book you because you have a like for a wedding in Scotland because you have a wedding in Italy in your portfolio. You know. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really against traveling. Uh, I don't know, not shooting a wedding in Scotland. Uh, that's maybe an hour away from your house for like a good money or or going to a wedding in Italy and shoot it for free because it doesn't make any business sense unless you obviously want to go to that destination obviously you have to start uh, like more often you have to st- start somewhere mm-hmm. and maybe do a few weddings at slightly lower price or something just to kind of you know just to start start there yeah so where 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 did this come from? People working for free, like is it social media, like like why the hell do, do people want to travel to okay a cool a cool place, but then to do this same job and you know film shoot a wedding and for free for no money? I, mean, I don't know. I, I, don't... I think I'm too old to answer that question. <laughs> but I sometimes think that like it's not just about wedding industry i think it's there's a lot of like uh, industries when there's like a group of people who think they will they have this dream of traveling the world staying in nice hotels taking a few photos with their phone and posting them and everyone will i don't know give them things for free and obviously there are some lucky people out there on instagram who do it but there's there's maybe i would say there's less of 1% of yeah. people who actually manage to do it and 99% of people who dreaming about doing it mm. and uh, i kind of disagree with this culture and for me the solution would be just switch off instagram and everything will come back to normal you know? <laughs> because we i think we so obsessed and i'm 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 the same probably but we so obsessed about instant kind of gratification we mm. m- it gets to the point when we are happier than we got post a photo on Instagram and it gets a few thousand likes. It makes us more happier than if you go to, I don't know, uh, just like a normal wedding somewhere here, but you actually make good money and, uh, you know, to feed your family, mm. but no one knows about it. Or like he got 100 likes on Instagram. We kind of, I don't know if you think about it, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy because likes followers, they don't really pay your bills. Mm. yeah would you say they help i mean instagram has helped i i would i I assume instagram has helped couples discover new places that they want to get married yeah yeah so it's not i'm so i was almost projecting a negative stereotype of instagram it's not all negative yeah i don't want to feel i think they are too like for me i love instagram Mm. but the way i look at the instagram first of all it's a tool so so it's a tool I use for my business. Mm-hmm. So I don't, obviously, like, if my if I post a photo and it plummets, like, no one's liking it, uh, it kind of affects me in a way. But I try, try to, I don't know, to put myself in a frame of mind that I know it shouldn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. But Instagram is, like, I follow so many amazing photographers, and, and not just wedding photographers, but, like, landscape photographers, illustrators, and people like that on Instagram. So it's an amazing source of inspiration. But... Also, like the effect of Instagram, and it's not just in wedding photography, but in general, in the the, the new wave of people who travel the world, and you know, and uh, you know, if you have an Instagrammer who's got maybe three million followers, if he's going to post a photo of somewhere in I Love Sky that no one ever heard about this location, people will appear there like straight away. Mm-hmm. 
And I've been to I Love Sky uh, the last time, I think it was like three or four months ago. And it actually like really hit me how different it was compared to like my previous visit, which was only like maybe a few months earlier as well. Like all the roads were really damaged. And I can't, I don't know, I, I feel, I felt really sad about it. Mm. So I think in general, Instagram has like, it's an amazing tool, like amazing way to see the world, like to meet people and everything. But it definitely comes with a, of, uh, you know, there's a bad side to it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, even, you know, there's a that road, uh, James Road Road, uh, James Bond Road in yep. Glencoe. Oh, yeah. <coughs> I remember, yeah, I remember being, I, I shot a couple there like two years ago and just by accident, the owner of the deer farm was driving in front of us and he beeped the horn. I thought he's beeping the horn because he wants the deer to kind of get off the road, but he was actually beeping the horn for them to come and get the food. So we just jumped out, like the like in the like, matter of like ten seconds, there was like deer everywhere. <laughs> so I managed to put my couple between the deer, and we took a photo. Mm -hmm. And th and that point, I didn't know something like that can happen there. Like there was no one there. But now, if you go to that road, there are people there all the time yeah. feeding the deer. Oh yeah, yeah. And obviously, it didn't happen because of my photo. But there was, for example, an Instagrammer from Finland, got like two million followers or something like that. He posted a photo from there, you know, and. You know, and now when I think about it, like, I don't know, I, we shouldn't be feeding the deer apples, <laughs> you know, it's it's not good for them in a the long term, yeah. but everyone does it. Mm. It's actually, mm. I was speaking to this recently, but it's actually very bad for our ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Because now there are way too many deer in Scotland and they are eating the vegetation that they normally eat, but they're doing it in such numbers as yeah. kind of destroying like forests and you know other species who rely on the trees to yeah. live in and I'm, I'm like damn yeah so That's yeah so like so. traveling is great and everything is you know it's an amazing but we need to be more cautious like mm. what does to the environment yeah. like well, i was in i love you know i was in iceland uh, in july to shoot a wedding and i went to one of the popular uh, places but it was like 11 o'clock at night so it was like nearly dark mm -hmm. And I was there by myself. But everywhere was like fenced. You couldn't, you know, yeah. there were like ropes or lines, whatever you call it, everywhere that were probably not there three years ago, you know. Yeah. So, because there's so many people there and they go to the, you know, they go, for example, like that place was also because there was a lot of drops, like it was like a canyon. Mm -hmm. So people were getting too close, you know, to the edge. And you know, I don't know. It's, I kind of, I don't know. I, sometimes I think like, where, where is it going to end? Because like, like mm -hmm. we don't, we don't enjoy the, the nature, I think, as much. We don't enjoy the, the, the views and everything. We just want to, sh we just want to show that yeah. we've been there. Yeah. Because if you follow a bus on I Love Sky, I think people just jump out. They take a photo of, with their phone. They don't even really look at what they're photographing. They just post it on Instagram, jump on the bus again and I keep, and they, go to the next location yeah, yeah they're not actually yeah. taking it in yeah. yeah well when we shot the so we we did a south african wedding uh south african elopement more or less a small wedding a small wedding uh and it was just below the Quran. but the day before was the day after the day before we went back to the Quran, uh which is if you do, if you know uh, if you've seen an image of sky the big cliffs if in case you don't know it um and we were getting some drone footage and I remember just standing there after getting the drone stuff and just like really just enjoying enjoying the weather, enjoying yeah. the view. 
Yeah. And I was like, like I had never done before, because obviously from there I'm with a couple. Like you, like you just said, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking, around, I'm looking down all the cliff edge, and there's just like coats and like hundreds of people, and I'm like, yeah. wow, I bet you they are destroying this cliff edge. Yeah, like, and you just said the roads, and I'm wondering, like, because we are damaging it. Who's 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 doing the fixing? Is there any fixing? Government. The government. Yeah. Just the government's general. I think there's no way to stop it. And, yeah. and as I said, like traveling is amazing, but I think in a way, if you travel, do it for the right reasons. Go to I Love Sky to really enjoy I Love Sky. Don't yeah. go to I Love Sky to tell your friends you've been on I Love Sky. Yeah. <laughs> it might sound silly, but that's that, that's the way I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did, we did an elopement in May with a couple that wanted to climb a mountain like on their wedding day. To get the photos and it was like, all right, cool. We got to the top of Ben Ann with uh, Sean Bell was the photographer, and him, his partner, me and Tom and the couple, we all just sort of we got up there and we're like, whoa, and we actually just stopped for a bit, mainly because we were waiting for the light to get just perfect because it was about <laughs> sunset. But we just stood about for a while, not shooting, just yeah. recovering from the walk and yeah. just appreciating it. Yeah, just enjoying like, the moment. This is yeah. awesome. Like we're here to take their photos, but. Nobody's really rushing to take them yet. They're like, let's just take our time yeah. and chill. It was so good. Mm. Yeah, and it's quite a hike up there. Like it's not, <laughs> it's, yeah. not it's not an easy breeze. I was pretty so. knackered carrying one <laughs> DX seventy hundred monopod. Yeah, all the way up that hill. Yeah, mm. I've done that walk as well. Yeah. I was chasing uh, Gabe McClintock and <laughs> 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 two days in a row. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to. To obviously people who travel for free work for free to shoot in these locations if you're starting out and you're thinking right this year i want to do destination video- videography or photography how is the best way that they should go about that I, I think you need to be a bit lucky but nothing happens if you don't work for it yeah i think it's really important to have a long-term strategy and not just think about uh, you know what's going to happen this year mm-hmm. so of course of course like not no one can start in this industry or any industry and charge or the same, I don't know, fee, they have the same fees as, as someone who's been in the business for a couple of years. But I think, especially with destination weddings, you really need to like think twice. Is it really for you? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe speak to someone who's doing it, but it will, they will give you like a real you know, view what it's like, not just what you can see on Instagram and... Yeah. You know, I mean, mm. it's really, you're flying first class, staying in luxury hotels, aren't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, yeah. And then you get a five-day holiday after the wedding <coughs> yes. every time, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wish it was like that. Uh, yeah. No, it's not like that, unless you're Jose Villa or... <laughs> mm. But I'm not, and most of most of us are not. And uh, as I said, it's amazing, but I honestly, like, I, I would really think twice, uh, especially if you, like, if you have family, uh, oh yeah, you know yeah, yeah. because let's be honest. I, I think you can really like sh- shoot all your weddings in Scotland, but still have like incredible weddings, like incredible locations, and probably better than ninety percent of other of the ca- other countries in Europe. Uh, and at the end of the day, like I think in in, in general, we also kind of you know destination wedding. In reality, it's not a wedding that photographer is traveling to or videographer is traveling to. Destination wedding is a wedding where the couple is, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. the couple is traveling. So I would say yeah. then in that 
way like 90% of my weddings are destinations because most of my clients in Scotland are American yeah and fact, when I we yeah. shot a destination wedding with you this year yeah <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> exactly yeah. they were coming from America to get yeah. married here yeah mm. and with elopements I think it's amazing if you drive for I Love Sky or I don't know Glencoe and the couple is with you in the car and they've never been to that place before oh, you can, it's, it's like you know yeah. it's such an experience to them so if, if someone cannot like I think if someone's unhappy uh, because they cannot like they shoot weddings locally and they don't enjoy them they will they won't enjoy weddings abroad because it's not about the place if you don't enjoy being with people mm-hmm. and if you don't enjoy looking at them being happy you know location will, will not change anything you yeah. will probably you will very quickly get to the point you're going to be annoyed with airports Ryanairs and you know and things like that delays and you know, know shitty hotels and yeah yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you mentioned the couple because <coughs> obviously in my introduction I mentioned nothing about people. I mentioned you know being inspired by places. I mentioned being inspired by you know some some of the amazing films that you've seen with just the location. I didn't mention any people. So you know that and that's part of our business. Like for us, it's all about the people. Yeah, most of the time that we've done destination weddings, it's ended up being at least a two day affair. So you get to know a- the affair is not the right word to use in a in a wedding event. podcast. No, thanks, thanks. Two day event <laughs> where you get to know the couple way more and their friends way more. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, if you don't like being with people at a one day wedding at your local market, you're probably going to hear it even more when you have to yeah. spend more time with them. When when we were going through the rebrand, right, the one of the aspects of a brand that we wanted to capture was Scotland. It's something that really connects with us. We love going out into the wilderness, even though we probably don't do it enough. But the way that we started doing that was that we did our first one for free. So again, I've knocked people for doing weddings and stuff for free, but we did it. But with a goal to make elopements our thing, you know, because obviously being a family person, I don't want to be going to... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'll hang up because it's, oh someone, yeah. it's someone who wants to book you for a wedding in Italy I think How probably <laughs> done <laughs> easy easy the robot gave up too quickly um, but like obviously we had a goal that we wanted to do elements so doing one for free was logical what's going on stop <laughs> making noises here it's a haunted house yeah. <laughs> you know so it was a very uh, controlled business decision that we would find a couple that we liked and, and did the wedding and it just so happens that they're like really great friends of ours now but yeah I suppose I think the technology is telling you not to tell that story <laughs> <laughs> I think it is so um, I would say it's a bad business for me personally I, I wouldn't shoot too many weddings for free but if it's a business decision that you're going to start doing elopements or whatever do uh, one for I free don't, I don't think it's you know it's uh, there's anything wrong about doing it for free but like you have to kind of pretty quickly go to the point when you're actually charging for it. Yeah, it's uh, not sustainable. Yeah, but I think that the problem is there's, uh, you know, I think, I don't know anyone personally, but I'm pretty sure there are people who travel the world shooting weddings very cheaply and, and sell themselves as destination wedding photographers and actually make money selling workshops. So I don't, you know, I don't agree with this, uh, with that, that kind of model. And, um, you know, I think like, if you're kind of well established in the market, it might not affect you. But imagine someone who's been on I Love Sky for, I don't know, 15 years and they've been 
they had like a constant uh you know they just had like let's say shoot like 30 40 weddings a year they wouldn't have to they just had to compete with other local photographers yeah. but now suddenly there's a wave of people coming from all over the world shooting for free i think it's a very unfair with locals that you know they've been undercut by someone who comes there like probably doesn't even care about environment that much mm. and and does it for free and it's okay if it's like your first wedding second wedding but if you travel in the world constantly shooting for free there's definitely something wrong it's not a long term uh you know it's not a uh, way you can run a business in the long term mm. yeah and the couple are actually losing out there as well because if they book somebody who's never been to this place they don't have the same knowledge yeah. as the person who's yeah. lived there for 20 years yeah exactly and uh mm. And I also, I might be wrong, but I, in, uh, sometimes I think if someone, like, their only goal is, like, to be popular on social media and, you know, and make themselves look like a destination photographer, they probably don't even care about the couples that much. They just want to take off the, you know, the, the locations of yeah. their list. Mm -hmm. They don't really care about, <coughs> about, you know, well, someone is actually getting married in front of me, which is, like, incredible. If you think about it, yeah, it's really yeah. incredible. You know, to have like to have the opportunity, we really like. I think because we do it like every week, we forget about it. But like when you stop and think about it, wow, I'm I have the chance and the honor to shoot someone's getting married, and mm. for generations, that's how their kids and their grandkids will, you know, will be able to see that moment. It's through my photos or through my film. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's mind blowing. I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where I'll be listening to the ceremony or the speeches. And I start to like get emotional because I'm like, yeah. I'm hearing what they're saying. I'm thinking, I've, I barely know these people, yeah. but it's like, it just hits you. You're like, Whoa. yeah, mm. yeah. It's like the same like when you deliver, when you send the film or you send the I don't know the box or the gallery or whatever. It's like I'm sometimes thinking like these people are like because I can see when someone opens my email and when they click the slideshow, <laughs> that's the first thing they see. Yeah, I'm like they looking, they sitting there looking at their wedding photos. Which is, I'm obviously worried if they're going to like like it or not. But like from their point of view, I, know, I remember myself like the first time I saw my wedding photos. It's such an amazing moment. But you know, and but in the at the peak of the season, we tend to forget about it. I always use the and uh, at the talk we like. I always say we like surgeons. You know, if you if a surgeon removes someone's finger. They probably done it like a couple of hundred times. They probably don't realize what it is like to that person on the other side yeah. of the scalpel that they losing their finger, mm. you know, which is like pretty life changing. So, that, you know, it might be like a not the best uh, analogy. You say? Yeah, yeah, analogy. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, in a way it is like that, that because we do it so often, we don't we tend to forget how like yeah. the emotions are really like involved. Yeah. yeah. Did someone cut off your finger, Mark? Uh, not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good. Do we have any horror stories about uh, traveling destination weddings? I mean, have you missed flights? Have have we stayed? Have we stayed? Have we been offered a uh, small twin-sized room because people thought we were gay? <laughs> <laughs> I have a few stories. Not drastic, but like I had to steal my car from the airport, uh, from the car park in Italy because I've been told it's a 24-hour car park and I got, my flight was pretty early. So I got to the hotel, at, I got to the car park at three o'clock in the morning and the car park was locked. So I had to jump over the fence, find my car, uh, find my car and then force the gate to open and <laughs> manage to, 
uh, at the wedding in New Zealand, which is like maybe nothing to do with traveling, but uh, when I was shooting in New Zealand, the mother of the groom closed the door in front of me and she ripped all my buttons in my shirt. <laughs> oh, I remember you telling me. Uh, yes. And, yeah, a few things like that. Nothing like drastic. Like I never, I don't think I ever missed a flight or had a cancellation touch wood, which is like incredible with the amount of... When I was in New Mexico at the conference uh, last month, they didn't want they didn't want to let me to get on the on the plane because they said I need a visa, and oh. I'm like I live in U- EU, <laughs> I don't need a visa to go to EU. I'm <laughs> Polish, like I have an EU passport, and I live in UK. No, the system tells us you need a visa, and I was very close to missing the flight. Woof. Yeah. yeah. So, but did you just have to go online and get one, or? No, like they would. They, there was like a problem on their system because I right. like normally I check in uh, online, but yeah. the system online wouldn't let me to check in because they said that uh, I need extra documents. So then I tried to use one of these machines in the airport. It was the same. So I got to the desk and I said, "They said, well, the system tells us you need a visa." I'm like, "This is European passport. <laughs> I don't need a visa to go to <laughs> yeah. Europe." And they and she like the the woman behind the counter. So it was she's like, yeah, I agree with you, but the system still tells me you need a visa <laughs> because it was a Mexican airline, I think. So right, I okay. don't know by maybe by default every Mexican person needs a visa. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've got any crazy stories like that. We were well, we've had a delayed flight coming home and like oh, leaving yeah. Florence with a delayed flight <laughs> via Amsterdam. Oh, so I we just... had to spend the night in Amsterdam. Okay, where you... we. They just took us from the airport to a hotel. But yeah. I've actually been put up twice because I've been yeah. delayed. It was a lovely hotel, though. It is. It's a good hotel. Yeah. Nice can, breakfast. Can I... Uh, do, do you remember this flight from my point of view, Greg? Yeah. So uh, I must have eaten something bad on the the flight in. And yes, Was there free alcohol on, on the there, there was no alcohol <laughs> involved, but I just must... Something just upset me and I had very... Issues. I had, isu- I had <laughs> issues. Um, and not to mention that, that my... Uh, what was that with my glasses and my contact lenses? I can't quite remember, but for some reason my sight was compromised as well. Okay, so I actually we we arrived in, and I can't remember what all the different rooms were in the airport. But I left an area with Greg, saying that I was going to go to the toilet. I couldn't get back into Greg, oh, like back to me, yeah. Greg and the equipment, and you know they were taking us to another hotel. So here I was with um. Uh, bowel issues let's just say uh, i couldn't properly see because i didn't have my contacts and my glasses and i'm f- blocked from the party where they were going to be taken to the hotel yeah. so i am like the rest of the flight we're getting properly. on buses to the hotel. <laughs> it was one of the most one of the worst travel moments of my life that, that was coming home from a wedding yeah we're not crazy we don't do one straight away when we get back home yeah mark <laughs> I don't as well <laughs> anymore. So it, it wasn't an issue, but yeah, yeah, that was eventful. Yeah, that was eventful. Yeah, very yeah. painful. Let me tell you that. Very painful. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned the kit that you shoot with. How how, how would you pack your kit when you travel? Uh, last minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always like I always like laugh at my wife when we go on holidays and she starts to pack like to, I don't know forty eight hours before and I'm like. <laughs> Five minutes to you know for the taxi to arrive. I'm starting to pack. Uh, yeah, like I always just travel with hand and luggage. So uh, check not yeah hand luggage. So uh, usually, unfortunately, in Scotland we don't have many options apart from EasyJet and Ryanair. But yeah. what's 
in a way good with them if you pay for priority you're allowed to bring two bags with you on board so I always have my get in my backpack yeah and uh, rest in my suitcase because mm-hmm. uh, I always even you know sometimes I think now with priority that flights when 90% of people are priority and 10% are not so you still not guarantee yeah. uh, to take like the the bigger suitcase with you but in my bigger suitcase I have just like I don't know extra sh- like shirts and, and like you know the clo- clothing mm-hmm. but my gear is always with me you yeah. got two camera bodies and two lenses did you say uh, I used three? to I have like extra like, I usually yeah. uh, I used to shoot uh, Nikon now I'm kind of in a I'm trans- transferring slowly to Sony uh, but I shoot right. 35, 58 and 85 uh, but that's the lenses I always have with me but uh-huh. I don't of, I don't use 58 that often yeah uh, yeah so I had a wedding in Italy once when I thought someone stole my backpack and uh, I, I had to keep shooting. My passport was there and uh, my the keys to my car as well. Uh-huh. When I was flying back next day. I had to keep shooting, but I felt like I'm going to be like sick. Ooh. I was so stressed, but the wedding was still going on. <laughs> Did you find your backpack? I found it. I had to go through the CCTV camera of the manager and it turned out I left it somewhere in the, in oh, the groom's the- room or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Which was like, I checked his room, but I couldn't find it. But yeah. I think I was nervous at that point or something. And, you know, I just couldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. We've had Kit being moved before and yeah. I've had that panic like, oh my God, yeah, where I- is it? Where is it? Yeah, right I'm, I'm actually very, like, I'm, you know, it's probably thing I should, should, you know, take care more about where is my backpack or where is my gear apart from the one I'm using at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's something that when you think about it, yeah. you leave a lot of, yes, a lot of money yeah. sitting around yeah. with 80, 100, 120 people yes. just, that you don't know walking yeah. about. Mm. Yeah, exactly. We're very And there's more people. and more, you know, you hear more and more stories about, about it disappearing. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe for the next season it would be good to have some kind of a GPS uh, or something like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, you can get those things that, like a wee tracker on your phone. Yeah, like a tracker, yeah. Yeah, very handy. I always like to ask this question. Some people don't really know how to answer it, but how can other suppliers help you do your job? Get out of my way when I'm shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, feed me first of all, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that goes to the you know the planners or whatever the uh, catering companies. No, but in general, I think I'm pretty pretty easy going. Like sometimes, like obviously you videographers, sometimes are. I hear about, you know, there's like a grudge between the video guys and and the photographers, or video girls and photographers, but uh, I always kind of put myself, like, I, I think videography is harder than photography. It's always, you know, if I go to a wedding and think like this guys or these girls, their, their job is harder than mine because I just need like one frame in each situation. You need like a constant and uh, if I'm being like a normal human, the other people will be normal human <laughs> humans around me as well. And I never had any 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 problems with uh, video teams apart from one in Italy when they said they're going to kick my butt after the wedding. But that's a long story. <laughs> I haven't done anything wrong. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. If, like, I'm I'm you know I, I think like I don't know flowers and that kind of stuff decorations that's not really important to me that's important to the couple mm-hmm. so you know so I don't think they can make my job easier in any way 
And I think like the biggest issue in the industry is like, which is, I'm always prepared for it. Like I always bring my own food, but I, I can't, it still kind of bugs me when we kind of, when I feel like I'm being disrespected because I have to beg someone for like a piece of chicken yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, sometimes you know <coughs> the couples organized it. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's decent time please. yeah and like, i might might kind of maybe i'm wrong but like when when i go to the venue and they're really nice and they treat me well and they want photos i never charge them i said that's it so i i kind of kind of blows my mind if i'm a chef and i'm proud of my food i don't want to share it with someone <laughs> it doesn't cost me anything because the couple paid for it mm-hmm. and i had a few few really kind of you know situations when i thought you consider like the best in scotland but is that just like a face you put on because you you treating me or the video guys or whoever uh, is working here like we're not worth like I don't know yeah. <laughs> your potatoes. Yeah. I'd love to get a catering just to to talk about their yeah. point of view on us. So that like I always have my own stuff just in case. So it so doesn't oh, yeah. bug me anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's probably if I would say. In general, like how can we make each other jobs easier? Like just respect what we do. Like mm. I respect what they do, or respect what you respect yeah. what you do. Mm. Like try to respect what I'm doing, and uh, try to think I've been here since nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to be here till nine o'clock in the evening. It's like twelve hours. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. By giving me a bottle of water. You not giving not, you're not really giving me a bottle of water. You're giving a bottle of water to someone who works for your client as well, <laughs> and it helps me to to deliver a better job to them. And I like I had a wedding in Italy, uh, when like me and videographer we asked for food and they just refused. Uh, then I said, okay, can we at least get a bottle of water? And they said, okay, go to the bar. So I went to the bar and asked for a bottle of water, and they said, well, the bar is not open yet. And I'm like, yeah, but there's water there. <laughs> Can oh you give me God. a bottle of water? It's like 36 degrees. So yeah, eventually we got something, you know. That's, that's yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think like in general, just like respect each other. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I would say that's a very good thing to follow. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. percent. Um, cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, for coming in. Thank you. I hope during it wasn't, this busy Christmas season. I hope it wasn't boring and negative. Or, no, by the no. way, I, I'm, I'm running a workshop that's called a boring workshop as well. <laughs> is that not only for Polish people though? It is for only only for Polish people. <laughs> we yeah. do have people that listen in Poland though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say what it's going to be the next one, but yeah, it's going to be a third edition uh, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so you know, Mark, we have listeners all around the world. Wow! Just, just to say, I mean, like, every, can I like, if someone's getting married, I recommend Mark Pacura. <laughs> <laughs> Together <laughs> with like these two dudes that sit across from me, we're like, oh. we'll travel everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where can people find you, Mark? In fact, pimp your work. Pimp. According pimp to my wife, uh, stuck to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Pimp your your workshops and uh, your you your can find me on my website. I'm I'm not good at selling actually. I don't like selling. That's actually the reason why I left my job prior to the I had prior to the uh, wedding photography. And I, when I meet the couples either on Skype or, or or in person, I always tell them if you don't like me, don't book me. We're going to spend a lot of time together. So it doesn't matter how much you like my work or don't like my work. Like don't book me. Like I'm not here to sell anything. So it's the same. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, like the market is amazing. There's so many good people around. But if you, I don't know, if you, 
if you like my work, just send me a message. Probably Instagram is the best now to contact me. Oh, through through my website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Mark Pakura. Markpakura.co.uk. Yeah. And people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk and at cinematefilms on Instagram. And Facebook. Yep. Yep. Don't forget Facebook, Greg. Uh, do we have a review shout out, Greg, for today's we episode? Do. We do. We, we, we like to reward people who leave reviews so for the podcast. I found out that if we look at the iTunes, you only see the reviews from your country. Oh. So I searched a few other countries and there's a review from somebody in Canada called EB Creative. They said, thanks for your podcast. As a Canadian wedding filmmaker, it's refreshing to hear your perspectives and learning more about weddings across the pond. Great topics covered and I can't wait to hear more. So thank you very much, EB Creative. Yes, thank you. Everyone mistakes me for being Canadian. I'm just going to say that, but I'm not. And the Canadian out there probably wouldn't be. He'll be like, what? Clearly not Canadian. No one will think I'm Canadian for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, maybe not so much now because like, obviously my accent is like more Polish than it was maybe a few years ago. But like a few years ago, a lot of people were saying that I'm from Western Islands. All right. Okay. Uh, But like I used to have like a job in the office when I spoke English every day. Now I'm mainly in front of my computer. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe back to being more Eastern European. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize. Oh, I, it's not that I didn't realize. I just didn't think about going, like having your accent change back to. Well, I don't know. Like um, for me, I think if I, I, I maybe catch the accents pretty quickly. So if I would go to maybe I don't know Canada and spend a year there, I would maybe speak more with Canadian accents because even in Poland we have some places have like kind of like different accents. So if oh, yeah. I go there and spend even a few weeks there, I start to talk the way they talk in a little bit. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That, I feel that's like. In Scotland, yeah. Like if you go back home, if you go, if I go back home, they speak very broad Scottish, and I find myself going into that. So I'm the same yeah. as you. I pick up accents, like. But I, I, I definitely don't like my own accent. I couldn't do what you're doing and do a podcast because I would hate to listen to myself. Oh, yeah. I don't like listening to myself either. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think anyone likes to listen to us. But here you go. Yeah, I guess no one does <laughs> in a way. Um. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, Mark. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And if you did, hit that subscribe button so that you know the next time the next episode goes online. Please leave a review. You'll maybe get a shout out and it is a massive help and really gets the podcast growing. Uh, Or just tell a friend. However, until next time, enjoy your life. (laughs) 